Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for today's half-hour voyage into education, motivation, hopefully getting you guys into action, a.k.a. the Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching Radio Podcast. I want to start out by making an announcement, and this announcement is something that Julie is going to be hearing about for the first time right now. Julie, we have a updated um, number of downloads and streams. It's now approaching 7 million. So wow. there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? It? But it's crazy. You know, it's it's it's, an, it's nuts because uh, if you consider in the United States, there's hypothetically a little over 2 million agents, right? There's no way all of them are even active. They have licenses they don't do much with. There's been different studies that have been done over the years that show less than 400,000 agents of all the active agents in the United States, less than 400,000 are the ones that are doing a vast majority of the transactions. And I don't know how many of those folks we've captured as regular listeners, but it's not a small number, and it is our honor and our privilege to um, – yeah, to be chosen by you guys to be your consistent source of hopefully occasionally entertaining but mostly actionable information that will put you in a position to shelter any upcoming storms um, as far as shifting markets and also to get you guys motivated so you can stay focused and be in action. Um, I want to address – we're going to finish up our a Massive Action TFW uh, 2024 quarter uh, plan. This is going to be the last part of that series. I want to address a couple emails that I received. And the first one was somebody was uh, very polite and respectful, but asking us why we had been predicting a real estate slowdown since like 2017. And I pointed out to him that we have a national audience and there has been a real estate slowdown uh, that started really in late 2016 in different parts of the country. So if, if you are like selling real estate, where Julie and I used to sell real estate in Columbus, Ohio, maybe a slowdown is the slightly protracted days in the market, or maybe things just feel a little bit different than they had been maybe the year before. But there's other parts of the market, other parts of the country rather, which are in what we call a phase two correction. And in those particular markets, you're seeing massive loss in value. Um, you go to Manhattan, you go to any place really on the East Coast at this point, you go down to Miami. Julie was telling me a story yesterday when we were doing the Zoe school run. Julie, what was that? You were giving an example of someone in PC who was representing a condo that was in a building. Yes. Pick, I believe yes, it was in ahead. Miami. And yeah. basically the question was what to do next. There are, let's see, there are, it's one of these big high rises. So. I, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but a lot of the way those are positioned, they, they have kind of roundish units with balconies, so virtually everyone has a view that's decent. And there are 44 model match or close to model match units competing with this one. It's in basically perfect condition, and it's on a decent floor. I think it was the 18th floor, something like that. Uh, but the problem is, they're, of the 44, they are the uh, 18th most expensive. So there's plenty of them above them. But the problem is there's pretty much no showings. Nobody seems to care that it's on the market. 
tons of competition. I mean, let's say that you, and that's just in that building. What's next door competing with it, right? So let's say even if you're a buyer that really digs that kind of unit and is really into that building, but you want to make sure you buy the right thing, it could take you a month just to see all of that inventory if you even wanted to, and you didn't lose your will to buy after seeing the same thing over and over vacant. So unfortunately in those situations, and a lot of our Manhattan clients see this and different pockets around the country, when you've got that much competition and it's all virtually the same and you have condition, you don't have any you know, other things to worry about, it's the one with the most that's priced for the least that wins, if you win at all. Some of those can be on the market for years. So to your, your email uh, point, you know, it's different everywhere in the country. There are people where, you know, you get excited about taking a new listing and then you're like, all right, how long is this going to take? How many price reductions away from victory am I? And so we have more conversations about the seller's level of motivation and their stamina for keeping it on the market. Is keeping the property an option? You know, what a lot of agents do in that situation is become property managers and they wait it out until the market corrects and then it's back on the market as a listing or it stays a rental forever. So there's different options. We always coach in Premier Coaching and, of course, as well as our elite clients. Your answer should always be, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. And then well, you're ask pivoting, for help right? Yeah. Right. So, so string those thoughts together. What she's saying is when you're in a market like this, you're going to have to be able to do more than just list and sell real estate. Or you're going to have to do more than just work with buyers. You're going to have to start considering expanding the services you can offer to folks because people's situations are going to be different. Um, and the example she gave, that same example you can experience, she mentioned Manhattan, but uh, you can experience it out in L.A. Uh, I was just talking with another agent yesterday who sells real estate in um, the O.C., and he hadn't checked to see what the number of expires, uh, expires were in Orange County, California, which is always a hot market, basically. Well, you know, here's the thing. There were 400. Uh, he went back, I think, 90 days. And the, he wasn't even going all the way inland in OC. He was just mostly focusing on the beach communities in Orange County. And there are that many expireds. And when we started doing a little bit of an in-depth research to find out what the average price point was, the average price point of the expireds was less than $2 million. This wasn't even the ultra-expensive stuff on the, you know, hanging over the ocean in Orange County that wasn't selling. It was everything. So this is what you're going to experience in your real estate market in some, you know, degree. It might not be as dramatic. And I use Columbus, Ohio, because Julie and I have a lot of rental properties there. There, there was a run-up in values, but not a huge run-up like compared to, you know, other parts of the country where prices doubled, if not tripled. In Columbus, they maybe went up 50%, which was great. Um, and, they, and the market there went up and became a seller's market in just the past maybe, I don't know, three, maybe four years, whereas the rest of the country had been in a seller's market for a long period of time. Point being is you've got to know your market. You have to know exactly based on actual numbers, not just opinions of other people and what you read in the paper. You have to act – or even hearing from us because we don't know your market. You're going to have to go in there, and you're going to have to know exactly what the days in the market are, exactly what the absorption is, exactly what – you know, essentially is selling and isn't selling. What makes one thing, the part that Julie left out of her story was that in that building, uh, there was, I think, what would you say, Julie, six unsold new construction condos that the builder had, was still oh, yeah. sitting on? Well, a, a large amount of that 44 um, active inventory was still builder inventory. And uh, let's see, he was paying a year of homeowners association dues for the buyer, and I believe he's also paying, if I recall correctly, like a 5% commission. So you, now you've got to compete to the buyer's with that. Agent. Yeah, to, to the, the buyer's, buyer's agent. 
Yeah. So the builder, the builder was selling unsold new units where he'd cover your condo HOA fee for an entire year, and as a buyer's agent, you get paid, you know, depending on what the co-op, normal co-op was, but you could, it, it's 5% versus maybe 3% or 2.5%. So, yeah, that's called, that's called a definite buyer's market and getting worse. Uh, we tell stories about this all the time when Julie and I were active. Um, you know, we were doing a lot of seminars and we were doing a lot of speaking. A lot of you met us back after the crash, and we've been telling you that the market was going to adjust starting in early 2007. Our, po- our personal coaching clients knew it was going to happen in late 2006, and then it was September of 2007 where we started seeing a certain set of uh, dominoes started to fall. Now, the 2007 crash was not – that was – you know, the contagion that led to that, using all these trendy terms, it's, it's not similar to what it is now. But the thing that is the same is the fact that there is a belief that the prices won't continue to rise. Whenever there's a psychology, and you can't really, pin, you can't really understand why it is that buyers start believing prices won't continue to rise. There's no, like, formula or report or series of indicators because you can have – like, look what's going on right now. Unemployment rate, believe it or don't believe it, okay, but it's still 3.5%. So even if people aren't that in-depth and knowledgeable about how the unemployment rate is being compared to 1969, and but the fact is, is then they were you know, considering more aspects of what it – there were more pieces and parts, so it was a truer report of the unemployment rate. Well, they're saying, well, it's, it's as low as it's been in, you know, since 1969, in 50 years. Okay, that's fine. That is not a bad piece of uh, information to come out. That's something that would make people more optimistic. And then interest rates are lower. And then you have all these, all these positive things. Consumer confidence is high. All these things that would make you feel you know, confident what's going on in the economy. And then you have the Fed's lowering rates. And the Fed's now talking about uh, some version of quantitative easing, though they're not calling it that. So there's all these little counter indicators as to what you're supposed to be looking out for. That's the same way it looked back in 07. Those same types of things, but people don't talk about the negative, especially in our industry. They only want to talk about the, how, the, the housing industry loves the positive news. So the housing industry is never and, – and what happens as a result? If you're reliant on this, you know, going to the same echo chamber as everyone else, getting your information from the, you know, the people trying to tell you that, you know, well, you know, it's adjusting a little bit, but prices will be higher tomorrow, or you should be investing in social media, or you should be building your team, and you're never going to take the time to actually be essentially a professional and learn about what's actually happening in your marketplace and then what you need to do to prepare for the opportunity. Because here's an interesting fact, and all of you who are entrepreneurially minded should remember this and never, ever forget this. The greatest fortunes in the history of man have always been made during the greatest times of change. The greatest fortunes in the history of man have always been made during the greatest, greatest periods of change. It could be you know, different horrible things happening, World War II, or it could be things like, for example, the different you know, technological revolution, and you could talk about the Industrial Revolution. Those are the opportunities for people to – because there's so much uncertainty and people get nervous and scared – that's when a true entrepreneur can step in and seize the opportunity by not listening to the echo chamber, by not listening to all the people saying the exact same thing, by thinking to themselves, I need to actually be prepared for what's coming, not be in denial of what's coming, not wait too long to you know, essentially be prepared for what's coming. So what does that mean? You're going to have to know how to help different sellers in different situations. You're going to be faced with a long litany of buyers who, even as they appear to be motivated, are going to change their minds for emotional reasons at the last minute because buyers don't want to catch a falling knife. 
You're going to be having all these sort of conversations that are in between those two extremes. Um, you're going to have sellers who have never even conceived of the fact that they'd lose money on a house who are losing money on a house. People are going to have to bring checks to closings. We're hearing you guys ask us questions again about short sales. Some of you don't even know what that means. These are the types of things you must know. And here's the thing that's really amazing. When you become the person who has a large you know, swath of skill sets, when your toolbox is full of every kind of tool that could possibly fix any kind of problem, when you are that agent, you make a fortune in a market like this because other agents will not take the time to learn. They'll not take the time to learn how to be professional. They'll not take the time to learn how to have pricing conversations or you know, all these different scripts and skills things that we teach. They won't take the time to do it because it's going to be too easy for them to think that they're just supposed to be mastering social networking or Instagramming, and they need to get their followers up on Twitter or whatever it is. That's what the masses do. If you want to be like the masses and suffer like all of them do when the market changes, then do that. Focus on that. Think that that's somehow um, a good use of your time. And you'll find out, probably I'm guessing 18 to 24 months from now, when everyone's not going to be able to you know, act like what we're saying isn't true, 18 to 24 months from now, it's going to be obvious to everybody. And when that happens, maybe sooner, by the way, when that happens, you're going to see all these agents that have been working so hard to be famous on social networking, you're going to see all of them have washed out. They won't necessarily be out of the business, but they won't be active in the business. They'll have taken part-time jobs. They'll have had to you know, maybe move in with people. And we saw this happen. People lost houses. Um, just, it's sad when people choose not to be prepared for a market change. Am I scaring you? Good. Be scared. You need to be scared, otherwise you're not going to take action. And I'll tell you the ultimate motivator, and this is true for all humans, maybe even other species as well, is you're going to be more motivated by losing something that you already have than you're going to be essentially to gain something. So uh, if you think you're motivated by earning a lot of money so you can buy a new house, well, that's motivational in some extreme, but nothing like the motivation that comes from losing what you already have. And what you already have, that's going to be the thing that you need to remember is the easiest thing to lose if you're ill-prepared with your skills. This is what we're trying our best on this series of podcasts to help you to understand. Now, what should you be doing after today's podcast? This is a simple homework assignment for everybody, and we've made it unbelievably easy for you guys to have exact next steps. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, you're going to be given, I think it's seven free books. The Real Estate Treasure Map is the one I want you to download the first. The Real Estate Treasure Map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan, and so to give you the exact step-by-step -step of what you must be doing now to seize the opportunities in this changing market. So go ahead and text the word Harris to 31996. Julie, you can take over from here. Yes, so a lot of what you have to be doing in anticipation, or as some of you are already living, like our Miami example, the changing market shifting over to a buyer side, a lot of what you have to do is a little bit counterintuitive. So we're here to get you ahead and give you the action steps. So I jotted down six quick points for you to take action on, the first of which is probably the most counterintuitive, I would say, which is point number one, increase your magic number of listings by at least 25%. What's your magic number of listings? You'll find that in the Harris Rules book. You'll find it in the Real Estate Treasure Map, all of our business plans, et cetera. But the magic number is the number of listings you must have, active listings, 
that you must have at all times to meet or exceed your monthly production goals. So if you've got to sell four clothes, four homes per month, combination of buyers and sellers, remember listings create buyers as well, if you've got to close four per month in a super hot market, you might only need four listings. They're going to sell instantaneously and you close them next month, lather, rinse, repeat, and things move very quickly for you. But that is not where most of you are, and it's certainly not where most of you are headed. That was fine while it lasted, but now you might need 10 active listings. You might at least need six or eight in order to close that same four that you were able to turn more quickly when the market was hotter. Okay, counterintuitive, right? Here's what I hear agents do that haven't thought this through, Tim. I'm, I'm sitting here with these listings. They're not selling. It's causing me a lot of stress. I'm having to learn price reduction scripts. Sellers are being a little bit more direct with me than I'm used to. They're demanding open houses and more marketing. And gosh, everything's so stressful, and I only have four listings. Why in the world would I want six or eight of them? That's where they go because they can't handle the stress. They're not understanding to get in front of it and to up your skills and handle those sellers and set their expectations and have those tough conversations. So the tendency is to not want more of that, which we understand, but that's not the business move. Your job is to help as many people in as many situations as possible, and your commission check is the result of that. So point number one, actually increase your magic number. Don't hide out from listings. Don't decide you're not going to do that anymore, okay? That's called a uh, skillless agent. I, I can't think of any easier way to say it. So increasing your magic number of listings. Point number two, speak with all of your sellers weekly. I know, I know, some of you guys haven't had to do that because they've been selling so fast. Your only conversations have been how to choose an offer. Those days are coming to an end. For some of you, it hasn't been like that for a while. The object of the game is to be the listing agent when it actually closes, we have a rule in Premier Coaching. You're only allowed to take other people's expired listings as your new listings. You're not personally allowed to have any expireds. That means you price it right in the first place as much as possible. You have those conversations with your sellers weekly. We call those the what have you done for me lately calls, which, you know, you can't blame sellers for wanting to know when it's not sold yet. So actually speak with them weekly. In Premier Coaching, we have something called the Seller's 12-Week Communication Plan. If you make it to week 13 and you've done all of the other stuff, it's price, 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 or price for your answer. So we talk about a lot of that in, in Premier. Point number three, here's a good thing about more inventory. You can actually find something for your buyers to buy. This is not bad. Some of them have been really frustrated by not having enough inventory. So find inventory for your buyers. You know, Tim, one of our Harris certified coaches was mentioning to me today, we were talking about new construction, that not only is there more to choose from, but a lot of the builders are throwing all kinds of bonuses at both buyers and buyer's agents right now. I don't know if there's an, even a bigger indication of a changing market than that. Remember when it was, I remember back before the recession in the, the uh, previous boom, where New construction builders stopped paying commission at all. Well, what are they doing now? They're paying 4 5 even 6% commission to buyer's agents who get their buyers in new construction. And they're doing things like, uh, what did I hear today, landscaping bonuses, um, you know, extra decks. There was an appliance bonus or like an appliance package that buyers get. So take advantage of that. Some of you guys don't know that that exists because you don't know how to find new construction, and we've done podcasts on that. Anything you want to add to that so far, Tim? No, I mean other than the fact that the, the new builders, they're going to see you're going to see like Dr. Horton and some of these other builders in the Midwest. They already have pricing power over the local com competitors, and all the oh, small yeah. and medium-sized builders, they're going to get wiped out. 
I mean, that's something you're yep. going to have to expect. They're not going to be, they can't compete now. Um, and they're sure as heck not going to be able to compete then. And I'll tell you, it, this is what happens. The builders like the DR Hortons and the other big ones, what they do is they just wait in the tall grass for the, all these other builders that own lots to essentially say, you know, they can't build on them. They don't have the money. The banks will give them credit lines and then they go start gobbling up more territory. That's going to happen. So watch for that start, that sort of thing happening. Guys, what we're telling you is the things that always happen in every changing market are already happening. It's not going to happen. It's happening. These are all the types of things. Like we have a lot of great clients in uh, Inkeny, Iowa, of all places, which is right outside of Des Moines. And D.R. Horton went in there a few years ago, and exactly what we're talking about is happening. And I, we have some great coaching clients up there, and they had done one gal in uh, particular, uh, Katie Christensen. She went and uh, did some uh, homework on, for the sake of some of her small, medium-sized builders, and she was really shocked by how uncompetitive all of them had become in a short period of time. Because DR says, okay, we see a housing slowdown happening. We're going to be able to take advantage of the housing slowdown, take a lot of these mid, small, medium-sized builders out by uh, using our national pricing. Uh, you know, they can go and buy 10,000 windows and get a better price, and they can buy lots at this price and have holes dug at that price, and that results in essentially you know, an unfair advantage. Well, it's called being a dominant player in the marketplace, and that's what we want you guys to become too. But don't wait around for everyone to say, hey, guess what? The market's in reversal. That at that point, you're going to have struggled too much needlessly. What we're asking you to do is prepare now. And the easiest thing for you to do, to, you know, Julie mentions the real estate treasure map, is get the real estate treasure map done. That's going to give you a point-by-point business plan that you can start following now that will take you through, obviously, the rest of the, you know, this year into next year. And also, this is something you need to remember. Your new year has already started. Don't think that your new year starts January 1st. It doesn't. It started actually October 1st. By that, I mean the cycle between contact and paycheck in a market like this is going to go from some of you who have experienced, you know, great markets where it's maybe less than 90 days. You talk with the seller, you know, or you talk with the buyer, and then through uh, just the normal processes of being in contract, getting things approved, all the normal Mickey Mouse, maybe you got a paycheck in 90 days. Well, if you have essentially mentally, emotionally, and most important financially uh, predicated all your cash flow on that sort of a cycle, and all of a sudden it goes to six months, what are you going to do? In some of our markets, we've seen the great listings at price extremely well. They're now taking up towards a year to sell. And that's, there's no reason to believe that's not going to take longer. And look at, a, you know, like, a, um, what is it, Douglas Elliman in New York City. He was on, like I mentioned to you guys the other day, the CEO of the company was on um, Bloomberg, and he was basically saying that he expects that the, uh, you know, the properties are going to actually continue to decline in value for at least the next two years. So think about that. Julie? Yeah. I mean, now, what, where do their minds go? Well, why would somebody want to sell in a market like that? Why would a buyer want to buy? And I go back to Rob Johnson's interview. He's a, a great example of that, right? So, yes, people do still close in these circumstances. All right, so next we have we, – we talked about finding inventory for your buyers through using new construction and, and the fact that there is more inventory taking longer to sell. This also is really great for your buyers in terms of a negotiating point. In a hot seller's market, what happened to your buyers? They were told to jump in a lake if they asked for – any kind of inspection um, concessions and things of that nature. So that brings me to point number four, beware of home inspections and appraisals. Both of these things are becoming more of an issue right now. Know how to deal with it. One of the hottest topics we're doing in Premier Coaching right now is how to deal with inspections without the deal dying. And we've had examples of agents that have never had to deal with this before, and their buyers are in like house number three, 
and it, it's been over silly things that are easy, relatively easy to negotiate. But you know, our agents that haven't had to deal with it don't know what to do. So this is one of the reasons why we have coaching. Point number five, and this is critical too. Increase your contacts. A contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult about real estate. Increase your contacts by 50% immediately to all of your spokes. So if you're somebody who typically visits with, say, three expireds per week, you've got to be doing maybe double or triple that in order to get the same results. Why? Because some of those expireds might decide to keep it as a rental, might give up, might want to stay in it and live in it. Okay? You're going to have to talk to more people. In times like this, you need more contact, more lead follow-up, not less. Point number six, and this one's easy. This is the fun one. Say yes to holiday events and expand your center of influence. You never know when you're going to bang your head on a lead. I have so many examples of people, because they wore their name tag or because their screensaver said, ask me about real estate, that somebody that they weren't even talking about real estate says, oh, I just remembered you're in real estate, or God, I didn't know you were in real estate. I've got all these questions. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? So say yes to your holiday events and expand your center of influence. People do still buy and sell in a changing market. Your job is to be the one that helps them, and that means you've got to do pretty much more of everything. But the upshot of this, Tim, is that most of them need to be doing that anyway, regardless of the market conditions. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, of course, you're definitely doing, and uh, you know, basically going back to some of you guys are fond of saying the basics, but the reality of it is you should have never gotten away from them in the first place. Right. So before you feel tempted to reach for your credit card and start buying uh, brand or buying branding crap or buying leads or believing that your way forward is teams, why don't you trust your common sense and listen to what we're trying to tell you so you can be better prepared. And then you might discover that along the way that the path that you are following or thinking you had to follow to build your real estate business, because you were doing all this extra stuff, was you know that's what was resulting in you being miserable, not having any profit. All these people filling your heads with all this stuff that you you know okay, well so and so said I have to do this, now I have to do the other thing, and now I've got to build my systems and I got to get my business up to the seventh level. And I no here, here's this very simple concept for you. It's all on the real estate treasure map, which we give you for free. Just text the word Harris to 31996. Here's a simple idea for all of you. Why don't you just focus on the magic number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals? And when you do that, you're going to discover that maybe all those other things that you are being led to believe, lied to believe, were absolutely not necessary for any aspect of your business, and they were actually taking you away from the whole reason you got in real estate in the first place. So, Julie, I know you've got to get to Premiere. Uh, those yep. of you who are in Premier Coaching, make sure you attend the call live. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time... Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.